your host, Alex Garrett. Ladies and gentlemen, you could have been anywhere in the world tonight, but you're here with us in New York City. Are you ready? Welcome inside Adapting with Alex Garrett. Oh, if the shoe fits, wear it. Let's adapt together right now. Well, welcome back to Adapting with Alex Garrett. And uh, I kind of have this new moniker now, Adapting Always or Always Adapting. And I think we always have to be. And for my next guest, he heard he learned that about 11 years ago and learned it again, I think, this past uh, November 12th. Anthony Capuano, I got to be honest with you. You are the first amputee I've had on since talking about adaptations. But it's the amputee world that inspired me to get this started because while I may have been born with one leg and not experienced that, I find the courage, the, the tenacity keep going after that amputation continuing. And now you're doing something besides having that story. Now you've said, well, I'm going to, you know, have a prosthetic leg, but I'm going to throw it out and help someone before the car sinks. Anthony Capuano from New Jersey. You're a lifeguard. You're from Bayonne. Welcome tonight to Adapting with Alex Garrett. Thanks. Thank you for having me. Well, let's, for those who aren't familiar, tell us firstly what happened on November 12th or November 11th around that time when you did throw off your prosthetic leg to help a man that was uh, in a sinking car. Uh, Well, basically what had happened was me and a friend were at the park. I was just working out. My friend was playing basketball. When I finished my workout, I went to go meet back up with him, and we were about to leave, and that's when all the commotion started happening. And and take us through that. I mean, was it a no-brainer to take the prosthetic off, or was that like a last-minute decision? Sure, sure. I'll, I'll get into it. So um, mainly what ended up happening was we heard someone screaming that there's a car in the water. Initially, I thought that they were just messing with us, but... As they kept screaming, there's a car in the water, there's a car in the water, we ran over to the fence. Uh, as we got over to the fence, I looked around and I had seen maybe about 20-something people, as I keep saying. And I'm wondering myself, is there anybody in the water yet? Now, mind you, um, I, I haven't gone into great detail in most news stations, but... Uh, for example, like I'm thinking like, okay, is it going to be me? And am I the one who has to go in and save this guy? Did anybody else jump in yet? So about for three, five seconds, I literally was looking to see if anybody else jumped in yet. And what had really gotten me to uh, get into action was someone had also screamed, does anybody know how to swim? And at that point, I realized, oh, the car has been in the water for a while, at least in, you know, the terms of a car sinking into the water. It's already been there for a while. And I was just like, luckily, as I keep telling people, I watched uh, shows that tell you what happens when the car sinks. So I was like, okay, I got to get in there. And that's when I uh, hopped over the fence. And before I had uh, got into the water, into the river, I took off my prosthetic. So uh, luckily... I was had was wearing uh, pants that day where I could easily just pop it off. Um, so I had just popped it off. I left it on the rocks. And then from there, I just was looking at the car and I had uh, dove in. Uh, as I was uh, swimming to him, I, I guess I didn't feel the water at first with all the adrenaline going on. 
but I had gotten to him really fast. And as I uh, swam up to him, I saw I saw him. I said, I'm here to help you. It's okay. I'm a lifeguard. And he's talking about that he can't swim. He can't swim. And I said, it's okay. It's okay. All you have to do is float. And that's when I guess my training kicked in, as you can say, with like swimming instruction and uh, being a lifeguard. I was telling him what to do and to put his head back and to look up and just to keep his arms open because that, depending on your body position, that helps you how to flow. And at British Swim School, we really uh, focus on survival techniques, not just swimming. And I tell all my adult swimmers, you want to know how to do freestyle and backstroke, but if you don't know how to float and roll over on your back or your front, it doesn't matter. Mm. So... Uh, as I was instructing him, I told him, listen, put your head back, put your head back. And he literally told me, I can't do that. And I was just like, oh, he's panicking. So I just grabbed him and I pulled him out of the car. Luckily, I keep telling everybody it's crazy because as soon as I uh, pulled him out of the car window, the car just completely sank. As in the point where like, where he was, he would have been submerged. And then it would have been harder to get him out of the water. And did you feel in high... had, had you in that position at that moment? Uh, of course. And, and with that being said, I tell everybody, I grew up Catholic. I, I practiced Buddhism. But uh, God, Allah, the universe, whatever you want to call it, yeah, definitely. Because in hindsight, what I was going to say was um, I didn't know this. And I realized this as, you know, a person who studies science and biology and whatever, I realized, oh, yeah, the rack could have probably went under, too. So uh, first responders, which I find interesting, are actually trained not to do exactly what I did. And I was just like, why? And because the car could potentially create a vortex where it would, like, pull me under as well. And I wasn't thinking about that at the time. All I was thinking about was, He's screaming for help. Oh, my God, somebody help him. And that's basically what I did. And um, when I had pulled him out of the car, um, he was uh, panicking. And, again, it's very common for adults to panic because uh, you just never have dealt with the water before. And your body has absolutely no idea how to handle it. So he was panicking a bit. And as I'm telling him, uh, put his head back. I'm kicking us towards the shore. And I had looked back briefly, and I had I did not see anybody else jump into the water, and that's when I had called my uh, other friend uh, Lino, and he jumped in after me as well. So um, I definitely want to give credit to him because um, he helped me, and uh, I tell everybody that that water was extremely cold. Like I I really don't remember how cold it was because mm. it was locked out, as I said, and. Um, what was luckily uh, for me as I was, uh, so his body was kind of locked and uh, there's something that we're trained to do, like how to basically help somebody float, like when they're panicking as a lifeguard. And then I had extra training as a swim instructor and like to position their body. So on more or less his left side, I'm holding his arm up, I'm holding up his back and I have like one of his legs open. And then Lino uh, came up and swam with me and then held his other arm open and then is helping me kick back to shore. Did so my main thing, no, he did not. No, that, uh, it wasn't, uh, it didn't come to that. Uh, wow. it, it really was, he just was taken to an ambulance and went to the hospital. But I tell everybody, uh, as soon as I touched the rocks, like I had like brain freeze sensation. 
So it was really lucky that we got there when we did. And then from there, um, I, I got out of the water right away. I, I went to take off like my wet clothes. And uh, before he uh, left, um, we had, uh, you know, so, uh, like we fist pounding. He said, thank you for saving my life. And I was like, oh, of course, no problem. Life birds will do. British swim school right over there, JCC, haha. But um, my thing with that is um, it just, what I found really surprising, and I have nothing against uh, the police officers, but it really uh, presented a light to me where I was like, wow, like, because uh, the person who took the video, Helena, and uh, I do thank her for the police, I thank her for the video. I'm glad she was there for taking it. She wants to spread the positive message, which is why I'm doing this. Uh, but as uh, Helena was explaining to me and my friend uh, Marcelino as well, he uh, they went around, like, they were asking people, like, why didn't you help or why didn't you jump or why didn't you do this? And there was a lot of police officers on the scene beforehand. And uh, the main thing was, oh, I don't know how to swim. And I was like, wow, you can be a cop and not know how to swim. I guess I I understand it because especially if you're in an area where there's not too much water, but at the same time, I'm just like, mm, I don't know about that. That's well, a that little fascinating. Uh, you would think that's that a little alarming for me. Well, you would think they would undergo a lot of rigorous training. That is, that is interesting. But uh, Anthony, yeah. I, I was going to say, I'm glad you said you fist pumped and you like, you know, the man you saved said good things. For Have you stayed in touch with him? Since that moment. Oh yeah, actually, uh, he had uh, read. Uh, he had um, been, gotten in contact with me a couple of days after the incident, and um, he just thanked me. Uh, he wrote me a letter. Um, yeah, he had wrote me. Uh, he wrote me a letter expressing his feelings, and um, he just thanked me for uh, you know saving his life. And I found out he's really, he's pretty, he seems like a cool guy. He's a vegan. Uh, I'm starting a tea company. We were talking about that. It's vegan. But um, my main thing with him that I found interesting was that his friend had thanked me. And again, I don't know what's going on with him. And I'm sure it was nothing that crazy. But his friend told me that, uh, oh, you made my friend believe that there is a God. I was like, oh, that's good. And going back to what I said earlier, yes, God, Jesus, whatever. Yeah, be a good person. Yeah, because this what goes around comes around. Yeah, yeah. Anthony, you were so relaxed for having this story hit the presses, so to speak. And I love that. I love how down to earth you are. Um, and I got to say, it, it's... Uh, the focus shifted from the leg to when you said that you were wearing pants. Now, I know lifeguards normally wear shorts all the time, right? I mean, that's kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah. So it must, Definitely. Have been, it, it must have been like, wow, I guess I'm supposed to wear pants today type of situation. Yeah, definitely. Because, like, I was saying, if I was wearing some other type of pants, like, I, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to jump in the river in my underwear. But uh, I probably would have, but. Luckily for him, I was wearing, I think, joggers that day, so they came off really easily. Anthony, what was it like going back to work after all of this has been unveiled by the press and everything like that? Uh, well, I'm glad. I, I I thank my coworkers because, like, even though they're all like, "Oh wow, like so cool," they're pretty much, you know, like it's it's still me. Like exactly, they're like it's, it's still me. Like it's not like he. 
like he was already great like we already knew that so i'm glad that you know they're kind of like down more or less down to earth with me so that's great and then the other thing is i just find it funny uh because i have a lot of my students where they're like i saw you on tv and la 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 and i'm just like oh that's great kids right that's what i say and learn how to float thank you You deal with kids. That's kind of the age range at the school. Right? Oh yeah, I we we teach at British school. We teach kids of all ages. We teach from um three months and up. I've teach I've taught sixty five plus year olds how to swim and and even not how to swim. Like I said, the main thing at British swim school is survival skills. And essentially, if the band that I saved had survival skills, it wouldn't have been as dramatic. I would think because. He had a lot of time in that sense to get out of the car because I didn't say this earlier, but I had did I got up to the car and I was talking to him. I asked him, "Is your seatbelt on?" Blah blah blah. So there was a bit of time, and he could have gotten out of the window himself. He just didn't because he didn't know how to swim. And granted, like I said, if you had survival skills, you would definitely um, would have been. In a better position because he wouldn't have been panicking, honestly. And that's one thing I want to get out there to people the most is to learn how to swim because some people, oh, it's whatever. No, no, it's a life skill. And I'm finding out um, from some of my older generational friends that apparently it used to be a requirement in some high schools that you had to learn how to swim yep. before you graduated. And I thought, wow, can we do that again, please? Like. <laughs> I, I'll tell you my I had a swim story. I mean, I my swim teacher in first grade. You know, I was about like thirty something pounds. I was very lightweight because of all the health stuff early on. I didn't care, but um, it did affect me in the water. So I had fell under, and one of the wings fell off. And you know, oh it, my god, let me pause you. Sure, sure. Let, so just because you said that, oh my god, let me tell you, and I tell. And my so I'm Dominican Italian, so a culture thing, but um, a lot of Latinx people uh, have a similar story of how they learn how to swim. Oh, my parents just threw me in. Don't do that. Don't ever do that. You might traumatize your kid, and to the point where they might not be able to take showers because they don't like water falling on their head. So no, don't throw your kid in the pool. Anthony, what I love about this is you clearly have found a way to make this an awareness campaign, not so much like, oh, look at me, I lost my leg and I did this. And oh, yeah. Oh, this is this is great for me because as I told my family, I was already like, hey, hey, guys, I'm a swim instructor. Uh, you should learn how to swim. I can get you a discount. Yeah, let's, let's teach everybody how to swim. And I remember I told them, like, oh, you, I saw you on TV. I was like, I'm going to be so obnoxious about you guys learning how to swim now. Just That's amazing. Know. Hey, Anthony, yeah. so I, I got to say, so were you swimming before you lost your leg, or was that something that came Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So for me, the way my swim journey, if you will, uh, went about was uh, my father had a pool in the backyard, and he more or less uh, taught me how to swim, like, survival more or less so like uh i started out doing like a bad freestyle like as like as a swim instructor i know i was doing like 
a bad freestyle, but I knew how to float, survive in the water, things like that. Uh, later on in life, I uh, was still around swimming from just going to the beach all the time. And then I had a friend who was a lifeguard. And one summer, she was just like, you know how to swim. I remember because she, uh, she, she kind of helped me and she taught me a more, a more formal swim, like backstroke and proper side breathing, things like that. And one day she was just like, I need somebody for my swimming team. You're on it. I was like, oh, okay. And from there, I really fell in love with the sport of swimming. And it was a little bittersweet for me. Um, but, um, what ended up happening was I had one in a backstroke event. And they gave me a free lifeguarding course with uh, Jersey City Recreation. And then that's where I originally got into lifeguarding there. And funny thing about that is uh, I actually lost my leg the day I was supposed to pick up my lifeguard certification. Wow. So that was fun. But it's okay because let's, I ended up, you know. Let's go there for mm -hmm. a minute. So, so sure. your story actually started 11 years ago when you got hit by a train i believe that was the story right yeah yeah yep um so may 6 2009 i was uh being a bit of a daredevil and uh long story short i got uh, hit by the train and I, I lost my leg and it was uh interesting because like i said especially going back to everything that happened it's me uh, rescuing uh the person joe uh everything happens for a reason and uh with that being said, 11 years ago, uh, my brother just happened to be around and he was there. And, you know, he is a hero. He saved my life as well. So it's just, you know, right place, right time. So, again, going back to God, Allah, Jesus, Buddha, I doesn't matter. Yes, there's some something out there. And point is, um, I had two of my friends who were with me, but my brother really, you know, I called him myself and he ran because he was around and he ended up speaking to the emergency responders on the phone and they were explaining him how to like make a tourniquet or something with your shirt and to stop the blood flow, things like that. Uh, and it was really interesting what I was saying before about, um, uh, you know, right place, right time, where everything happens for a reason. About a week or two prior, I'm a, I'm, I was a senior, so we were getting extra credit questions in my biology class. Okay. And um, what ended up happening was... Um, my, uh, teacher was telling me, oh, like, Anthony, extra credit question. What happens if you, if you're in a traumatic accident and you lose a limb? And I was just like, uh, what's the worst thing you could do? Panic? He's like, good. Why? And I was just like, oh, because, uh, it increases your heart rate, heart rate technically. And then that makes you bleed out more. So that he's like, yes, one point. So I found that really interesting, and a lot of people don't know that story, that that end of the story. But that's a like, weird foreshadow, I just found, by the way, that's just that's a fascinating foreshadow. So I, I know, so then, as this is happening, you're breathing, you're controlling your breath. So you're yeah, yeah, breathe. I'm literally breathing through your nose, out through your mouth, because you get more oxygen that way, and I'm keeping calm. And I thought it was funny because, like, I knew this, but in the moment, I forgot for a second. As a lifeguard, there's something in training that we learned that if the person for example, breaks a bone and it's like popping out, you're not allowed to let the person look at it because that will cause them to go into shock. Mm -hmm. So my friend at the time that was with me, uh, my friend LeBron at the time, he like, I, I tried to look, he like slammed my head down. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, oh, right, right. 
Sorry, wow. excuse me for the length. <laughs> no, you're fine. Hey, Anthony, this is a uh, this is great. Now, the swimming aspect. So I've got to ask you about the adaptation now. So, you yeah. you come to grips that you've lost your leg, um, mm -hmm. and then you. How long did the prosthetic take? How long did the whole process of oh sure we, can, uh, we can get into that yeah okay so for me um I guess I was always been, I've always been positive about it because mm -hmm. as some of my friends some of the doctors and nurses will tell you like my first thoughts were oh like there's oh you lost your leg you lost blah 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 and I was just like oh I don't have to wait in line at Six Flags anymore oh, great <laughs> amazing I, like, I can cut the lines great. Amazing. So um, for me, that's basically all I was thinking about. And just because we're getting into this part of the story, one thing that I found really odd, and I'm not going to say any names, but I had a lot of friends, family, where, and I guess I guess they're trying to make me feel better in the sense that, oh, you're strong, blah, blah, blah. But never, ever say to an amputee of a trauma or trauma, whatever, an amputee who wasn't born with it, who has a feeling of loss, right? Uh, don't ever tell them, oh, if I was me, I would have just killed myself. I would have just died. Don't ever say that. Wow. Why would you do that? Don't do that. If it, it's me, I'm positive. I'm good. But if you're going to say that to somebody else, I don't know. Don't do that. But so anyway. I can get the sense <laughs> that did you, um, did you try and work through that negativity? Did you remove those who said that or what was your relationship with them well no I, i'll tell you what i did actually it was pretty funny so a little funny story with the hospital right they uh they set you up on morphine in those situations and they give you a little bit of a placebo effect because as a bio major i realized like wow this is just a placebo effect hilarious but they give you this button to press and the way they explain it is funny because mind you i'm on morphine at the time so i was like oh Oh, cool. But if you thought about it, what she said is like, wait, what? So it's a pain uh, medication releasing machine thing, right? It's automatically timed every couple of minutes to give you a certain dosage. And what the nurse told me, oh, you can press this button and it'll give you a dosage, an extra dosage if you need it. But it won't let you overdose yourself, and it's automatically timed to give you a certain amount every time. So you can't overdose yourself. So in hindsight, I'm like, oh, so it's to make me feel better. Oh, I'm I'm getting I'm getting oh pain medication. So my way of dealing with that was certain certain people while they were talking, I was just like <laughs> pressing the button away, and they're like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, nothing. For, it's, it's morphing more, more. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh it, it didn't really bother me that much it's just i i really i i got into this mode of again for me i guess you could say my negative thoughts didn't come until after the hospital but at the moment i was just thinking about like why are you lecturing me why are you telling me all of these things that oh i can still do i didn't think I wasn't going to be able to do anything right. that I, you get me? Like, I was like, I already thought that I was going to be able to do everything I could with one leg that I had with two legs. Why are you putting these ideas into my head? So that That's was the way I was. Yes, it's just like, wow, could you just not? <laughs> but again, and I, I get energy, it. it comes I, I, I love your energy. It's just, it's so enlightening. And actually, your energy 
is what we need this holiday season. So I'm glad we made this work on like the first, second day of December because um, we need a lot of light yeah. in this. In this, and and you're bringing I'm that glad light you to this I'm, I'm also a Reiki practitioner, so yes, love and light to everybody. Hey, but, hey, um, for what about, what, the, swimming, what mm-hmm. about the, sw- the swimming part of it? How did that ad- adaptation go? So for me, um, granted, like, I honestly, I can't remember the first time I, I went in a pool with, like, without my leg, but I do remember, um, asking doctors about, um, and I, you know what? Scratch that. They were just telling me because they knew I was a swimmer. So they were telling me like, oh, you, some people wear their prosthetic while they're swimming, but a lot of them just take it off because they say it gets in the way and it's uncomfortable. So for me, I just never thought about it twice. And uh, granted, I did notice some differences of uh, my swimming, but in that sense, it's like, oh, I just really don't have to kick a certain way anymore. And I guess you could say the only thing I would say, breaststroke is a little awkward for me, but it's always been awkward for me. <laughs> but uh, for swimming, yeah, like it definitely does not affect you in the sense of I've heard um, there are amputees that have no legs and swim. So there's that. Well, it's not amazing. It is natural. It's human life. People want to get back to it. Yeah. Uh, have you been mm-hmm. – it's interesting because I don't think you would totally identify with the MUT community because you're doing your own thing. But are you part of the community, so to speak, or do you try and stay independent? Like what – how many amputees do you know right now, as of right now? Oh, I know like none. Okay. <laughs> uh, I've met a couple of amputees in my life, but it really was um, – I just happened because they're like a person who I see all the time in the neighborhood happens to also be an amputee. And then I'll meet a random person on a bus who is also an amputee and we'll talk and things like that. But we won't exchange numbers. Um, when I first lost my limb, I was supposed to be some sort of uh, um, youth ambassador person that I basically I talked to kids who just recently lost their limb through a traumatic accident and um i would just speak to them about the experience of it and it's a little different coming from you know uh, a feeling of loss and i do remember one thing that uh is a big uh, like it's a big uh, concern for amputees of trauma is and I'm glad that we're talking about this actually. So if I can get that message up, that's great. Sure. So a big uh, issue is going to the bathroom. Believe it or not, uh, is really painful for the first couple of uh, like maybe month two or three, and it's because something to do with uh, the pressure in your leg changes. So when you're going to the bathroom, like it, it you it's it's like a different sensation. It's it, it's kind of painful uncomfortable not too painful but the point is that it absolutely goes away and i remember just being really concerned about like oh my god am i gonna feel this every time i go to the bathroom now oh my like i I, that's one thing that i really dreaded but it it as the doctors explained like i barely remember but point is (laughs) that feeling goes away and then the other thing is um 
Another thing amputees are usually concerned about is, am I going to be able to do this, that, and the third? And not for nothing, I'm not saying that there is any, like, oh, your your loss is greater than mine or mine greater than yours, whatever. But technically, if you're a below-the-knee amputee, I'm going to tell you it's kind of easier for you because you still have your knee. Right. Not saying, again, you know, not saying anyone's loss is, you know, greater or less than the other. But in reality, yes, technically, if you're an above the amputee knee, it's a little bit more complicated. But it's all right. Point is that you're still going to be able to do everything you want to do. And with all the technologies coming out there, um, you know, it, it'll help. But one thing I do also want to get out there, we need to find some kind of way where we can lower the price of prosthetic legs because apparently that's a huge issue within the amputee community. And being myself, I'm also affected by it. Like I'm lucky that my leg hasn't broken and it is about maybe 10 years old. And so granted, I hear. Yeah, my, I st- I'm still on my first leg. Yeah, technically. Mind you, one, I have two legs. One is electric. One is non-electric. I've, is one's called the C leg. I was using that one more, but the foot had broke. And apparently you can't, you know, just order a foot. So yeah. there was that. Point is, um, there's a lot of the thing about prosthetic legs in itself is, uh, and the nature of it, especially if you're a diabetic, uh, amputee person, you have diabetes, uh, the weight fluctuates a lot in the stump. And, um, the main issue that I know most amputees I would assume have is that that stump changes all the time. Like it's, it's, yeah. it, it changes every, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm having that issue now. Maybe not bloody, but I'm having, like, bruises. But point is, for example, um, I'm having back problems myself because I'm walking at a certain slant because I can't get my stump all the way into the prosthetic because uh, to the to the part where you put your stump in, I cannot remember what it's called. But um, it's like too big, and I can't reach it. Re- yeah, I the soccer, yes, yes. I can't reach it all the way down. So I'm like walking at this weird angle and it's messing up my back and I'm really starting to feel it now. Luckily though, I do get a, a therapeutic massages. So it really helps out. And I highly recommend everybody before you go to the chiropractor, get a clinical massage because they can tell you if you actually need the chiropractor. <laughs> but um, luckily for that, I've been doing that and I'm working on getting insurance now and I'm lucky that you know, people are, 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 are trying to help me. And I have, I believe, a person in uh, BSS, uh, one of the kids' parents that I taught. She's a health attorney person. And I'm going to contact her about insurance. But Anthony, it's just that. Like, I'm 29. Okay, so you lost this at the and when I'm 18. 18. Wow. 17. Yeah, 17. 17. Wow. I went to prom, though. So it's fine. That's beautiful. You know, I, I get the sense that, you know, you said some of the family might have been irking you, but, but you got this positive energy because of your family. They helped you, didn't they, do this? Oh, absolutely. Don't get me wrong. I, I may sound like, ah, oh, my family, rah, rah, rah. No, but I love my family. I love all my family. Like, uh, my best 
my favorite thing to do is like, oh, like, oh, we're having a family reunion. Is everybody going? Who's going to be there? Is there, are they going to be there? Is that, why are they coming? So like, if I'm at the family reunion, I'm just like, oh, you guys aren't coming? Um, okay, whatever. But yeah, I'm very family oriented. And my whole thing is, um, I just, I, I don't know. I've always been like a person who, I like to create memories, so I'm, I guess, that cliche person who, I'm the person, like, you're not going to go to your, your high school prom? Why? What's your problem? Create memories. But granted, I'm not saying anyone that didn't go through their high school prom, you know, whatever floats your boat, like, do you? Right. But that's just me. But my thing is, yeah, like, I just, I really enjoy being with my family, and, like, my, my little sister is, like, my best friend. She just turned 18. She just had a birthday, but, like, I like to tell, but that's my twin. If I was a girl, that'd be her, and that'd be Daniela. But yeah, I'm definitely family oriented, and then I have a very small circle of friends, I guess you could say. And I, one thing that I, we just, most of my friends and who I consider like my real friends, we're not really concerned about like the clout, if you will. And like when people talk about Kim Kardashian, I don't want to name drop or whatever, but like. Like I said, when we're getting into like all these, uh, like a uh, Drake and uh, oh, or or this or this rapper's getting out, I'm like, oh, I don't care. I don't. Okay, I'm sorry. Excuse Andrew, me, I, also, but... I love that you're a Reiki <laughs> instructor. That's my stepdad is as well. So I want to make am. another episode with you about that alone because that's a conversation of itself. So I'd love to have you back. Oh, it is. It is. But, it's um, very real, and I highly, I highly suggest that you look. At um, Dr. Valerie Hunt, you can literally just type it in YouTube. And my whole thing about uh, spirituality in general, mysticism in general, um, I've grown up where, you know, I've had a lot of people like, oh, like, like religion is BS. And then I've had the opposite as well. Nah, blah, blah, blah. So I've approached, I guess you could say, religion and spirituality from like a theologist point of view. I've even taken uh, classes in college, like civilizations that compare like the journey of why the Catholic Church and all its denominations of Christianity gotcha. went about. And then uh, I just approach everything from a science standpoint. And that's why I'm saying to look at Valerie Hunt, because when people talk about chakras and auras, they're very, they're very quick to be like, oh, that's BS. Like, ah, oh, da, da, da. But no, it's been around for 5,000 plus years i don't think so and if you actually look into it there's plenty of research that shows measurable data for the mm-hmm. scientists out there <laughs> that yes chakras are real your bioelectric field aka your aura is yeah. real and it absolutely affects your health and i'm basically getting into that of reiki and i've always been aware of reiki i just been very picky about who is gonna teach me because i'm also aware of all the bs around that realm of things Mm. like oh i'm a reiki practitioner and they're really not they just know how to play the game and look the part if you know what i mean i get you but yeah i'm just putting hands over someone is it uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's that it's, uh, in, in essence, it's energy healing and what the Reiki practitioner is doing is channeling the Reiki energy into the person's energy field and it's supposed to stimulate, um, health. 
So in general, let's say your solar plexus chakra, which is around your stomach, usually people who have stomach problems, if it's out of whack, what the Reiki practitioner is supposed to be doing, let's say it's a dull yellow light, they're supposed to fix it to be a bright yellow light. And it's not magic where, oh, now your stomach problems are gone. Now your body has the energy to stimulate that healing for itself. And as I tell everybody, there's an entire scientific journal where in science, I find it very funny because scientists word things very differently. And when you compare it to spirituality, it's like, oh, wait a minute. That's the exact same thing. You're just saying something else. So, for example spontaneous remission that in science is a miracle because they don't know what happened meaning one day there was a tumor the next day there's not a tumor spontaneous remission aka a miracle i definitely have to look up more than that uh, more about that you know anthony it, you're more than just a story and i really appreciate that we've had this conversation tonight but as a positive to come out of 2020 I've got to ask you, how? what is your Christmas message, your holiday message for those who are going through a tough time right now and then see your story or hear it for the first time tonight? What's your message tonight during this holiday season? Well, my message for the holiday season, I would say, is um, one thing I do know about the holiday season is actually a very depressing time for a lot of mm -hmm. people. And the suicide rate goes up very high during the holiday times. And I don't mean to sound serious or anything. Right That's what it is. You're being very real right now, which yeah. I appreciate. My, my point, yeah, my point is that for anybody that thinks that, oh, my life isn't worth it, you're worthy, you have a guardian angel, You everybody does when they're born. The moment you're born, you have a guardian angel, you have a spirit guide. They're there. Just talk to them. Literally ask them, talk to them as if they were there. It's okay. You'll make it. And if you look at anybody who has survived the suicide attempt, the first thing that they tell you is the moment I jumped off the railing, the moment I let go, instant regret. And again, I, I just want to say to anyone that it's not that bad. It'll pass. Look into the laws of the universe. You'll be okay. Um, otherwise, the other thing I would say is just to always, you know, be thankful and grateful and appreciate. And just remember the holidays aren't, they really aren't about the gifts and right. having the friends giving or the friends Christmas party or whatever. Just be with the people you love if they can't. Uh, call them, don't stress it. We all should be loving each other, forgiving each other. We're all here to teach mm -hmm. each other lessons and love each other and move on world. As all the ascended masters like Jesus and uh -huh. Allah and Muhammad talk about, just love each other. It's a golden rule, as I said before. Golden rule, what goes around comes around, you know? Well, and I just, I just, I just want people to just, you'll be okay. <laughs> Amen. You know, Anthony, one, one last question, because you said one thing you did know, and it clicked sure. in my brain. I always ask my special guests here, one thing that people may not know about you that you would want to feel comfortable talking about. Hmm. One thing that people don't know about me that I feel comfortable. 
I don't know. I'm pretty open because, like, I already put that out there with the Reiki, so there's that. <laughs> um, what, what, I, that's a good question. I don't. One thing that, okay, well, I got one for you. Sure. As positive as I may appear to be, everybody has darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, I may be positive. I may be this, but I'm not the one. Don't mess with me. I won't mess with you. I like I like to live in the light and positivity. And I'm very as as a Scorpio, and you can believe in astrology or not, whatever. But I'm very aware. I'm capable of great good and great evil. And I don't want to be evil. Don't put me there. Don't do that. <laughs> but mainly, yeah, let's just say. I'm so glad that you made time after work. I'm assuming you had work tonight, so thank you for for coming out after the, you know, after your swim session with in the classes. Thank you. Oh no, I didn't time. work tonight. I didn't work tonight. You're good. Don't worry. Oh good. Well, I'm glad that you are able to do that every day, and and it just it's it's good to get back out there. And British Swimming School, we'll talk about that too. Uh, definitely come back for for another part of this conversation. Yes, and I got one more thing actually. Go just going it. back into what you said. The other thing about just for positivity, if you're ever like, oh, my life is this, my life is that, blah, 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 whatever, da, da, da. And again, I'm not discrediting, not discrediting your journey, your struggle. But as a joke, I like to say to my friends, oh, but you got two legs. You're fine. You're fine. <laughs> Anthony, it's that humor that I like the whole conversation. So uh, great talking with you. Anthony Capuano has been my guest. British Swimming School, and a amputee that saved a man from sinking in, I believe, Newark, New Jersey. So, again, thanks for your fortitude, your your Good Samaritan nature, and uh, keep being you, man. You rock. I th- thank you. Thank you so much. I'll t- keep in touch. I'm Alex Garrett, always adapting.